0: what's up joe what's up everybody i'm jeff Finell, and this is sports 360. today we welcome lonnie murray to the podcast lonnie is ceo of sports management partners a sports agency representing major league baseball players lonnie stands out as a woman of color in a segment of the industry that is dominated by white men Lonnie discusses the challenges that this presents and how she continues to successfully overcome those challenges to provide the level of service that her baseball player clients deserve. It's an interesting conversation on the agent world from a different perspective. So let's get right to it. Lonnie Murray, Sports 360. Well, I am happy today to have with me on Sports 360, Lonnie Murray. Lonnie is a certified sports agent and she is CEO of Sports Management Partners, a full-service sports representation agency representing Major League Baseball players. Lonnie, it's good to catch up with you one more time. How are you today?
1: I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, too. I'm doing well, too. Um, You know, being in baseball, we kind of look at this as we're approaching the halfway point of the season with the All-Star game coming in a couple of weeks. And so um, we know that once we hit this stretch, we might get a little rest right now, but then we're going to have to finish out the year strong. So uh, we made it this far and uh, looking forward to a little bit of a rest at the All-Star break. and then. Getting back at it after that.
1: Absolutely. No turning back now. No, (laughs) no.
0: That's right. That's right. And um, speaking of full steam ahead, without divulging too much detail to our audience, um, I appreciate your perseverance. It's been a little bit of a challenge to get this sit down with you. I know you've been busy. You travel a lot. Uh, You've been traveling recently, and I do appreciate you taking some time today to to talk to us for a few minutes. And, you know, Lonnie, I said this to you before, but um I consider you a rarity in baseball because you are a a woman of color who is a sports agent. Uh there aren't many women who are agents. There aren't many people of color who are agents. And here you are touching two of those boxes that we don't see that often. A woman of color who's a sports agent. And so I have to ask you, I I guess as a good starting point, what were some of the considerations that went into you deciding that you wanted to be a baseball
1: agent? You know, um, I think having been exposed to it through Dave Stewart, um, I had always been involved in the nonprofit sector. And, you know, at that time working with an organization, Coaching Corps, that provided after-school sports opportunities for kids. Dave Stewart was on the board. Um, he, at that time, had decided he was going to get out of working on the front office side of Major League Baseball and start an agency, and watching closely what he was doing, listening to what he was talking about, everything from you know working with high school kids to professionals and just some of their stories, it seemed like the... Uh, you know, the other end of what I was doing, which was providing after-school sports programs for underserved, youths in underserved communities. And so it was like getting to see the finishing touch almost, you know, um, listening to Dave's story and Ricky Henderson's stories and, you know, um, some of the other guys that came up or that they all came up together in these communities and um, seeing that how they use sports to elevate themselves um That's what fascinated me about it. It had nothing to do with, I want to be an agent or, you know, I want to work in baseball. It had everything to do with just being um, the finished product, I guess, and being part of it.
0: Now, you mentioned two players there, Dave Stewart, or former players, Dave Stewart and Ricky Henderson, both great Major League Baseball players. Uh, Ricky Henderson, I believe recently was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And there may be some younger listeners out there who who aren't familiar with Dave Stewart. I would say Google him and you will see Dave Stewart, one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball for a good stretch of time. And and so, so it wasn't so much the appeal of baseball, you said, or, or wanting to be an agent, but just seeing, uh, being around these great role models. Um, So tell us a little bit about SMP then, Lonnie, in terms of maybe your philosophy, when I say you are the agency philosophy, but also too, as CEO of the agency, what does that entail for you from day to day?
1: Everything. (laughs) From (laughs) From top to bottom, micromanaging, getting on other people's nerves and being, you know, involved at the highest (laughs) level and at the lowest level (laughs) (laughs) it means everything um as far as our philosophy and this is what makes it easy is our philosophy and that's you know good kids with good character who happen to play good baseball and some who don't play good baseball but work hard you want to support those people that's that's as simple as it gets When you're working with, you know, good people, especially, you know, with some of the younger kids and their families and knowing that you're doing right by them, um, it makes the hard work, you know, the getting your hands dirty really easy and enjoyable, rewarding.
2: So what happens uh, if
0: you were to come across a very talented player who perhaps presented some personality issues? some character issues, would would those players be off limits?
1: Um, not necessarily, you know, I've been confronted with that on um, a couple of occasions. And most of the time, what I find out is the first thing is that there's a lack of trust, okay? When they have no one that they can trust, they put off this attitude or this persona Like, I'm, you know, the big, bad, tough guy, and, you know, I can take care of myself. And it projects to other people like they just have, you know, poor character or bad attitude. But, you know, in truth, they just don't have anyone that they could really rely on or trust to be in their corner. And so um, in working with them, one example, um, and we joke about it now, would be Yohan Lopez, um, the Cuban pitcher that ended up signing for 9 million, you know, um earlier on when I first heard about him, you know, here's this kid who walked away from his team, bad teammate, uh bad attitude, poor character, not going to make it. So, um we were supposed to meet and uh he flaked on me. First meeting. Well, you just lost your opportunity. That's how I looked at it, you know. He lost an opportunity to be with me. I didn't lose him. So, um about month later um he has someone give me a call trying to reschedule i said no (laughs) absolutely not um i ended up running into him at the ballpark one day and uh, he came over and he apologized to me in english and he does not speak english so um but i saw something in his face um, in his eyes really and um that i wanted to know more i wanted to give him an opportunity and that's when i found out you know here's a kid that um, lost his mother as a young teenager to cancer. He um, did not have a present father figure. He um, had defected from Cuba and had no one, absolutely no one. And um, fast forward to, you know, two years later, I'm the person walking him down the aisle to his wedding. This is a kid I talk to every other day that says, you know, he doesn't care about the money anymore. He just wants to make me proud. That's not somebody with poor character. But there's a lot of people out there that would assume he did. Right. So it's kids like that. So the answer to your question is I get to know the reason why first. You know, what is what is that person's why? Why do they have bad character or why do they have you know, why are they projecting good character but I'm seeing, you know, other characteristics like, you know, showing up late or you know, things that um, aren't consistent with, you know, what they're saying.
0: That's a very interesting point, because I think that many times we're able to look at the bad characteristics and and draw conclusions from it. But you you make an interesting point. Sometimes there are people who portray good character, but yet have traits that aren't so good and you and you mentioned like showing up late and some other things and sometimes that's the harder call to make because we may be enamored with what seems to be overall good character that we'll ignore or give a pass to some of these other things that are pointing in a different direction.
1: I I don't have the the patience for it um i don't i i do take on a mama bear type role if i see something that just in my gut does not feel right i'll call you on it you know and if you don't like it you are more than welcome to make another decision but if we're in this together then that means in all areas i want good i want good kids good young men Uh none of the other stuff really matters
0: you use the term mama bear. Um
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that one of those terms that that you say, hey, I can use it, but <laughs> someone else better not use that against me or use that <laughs> with referring to me, or are you fine with that? And I asked that question because again, getting back to the what we talked about earlier, right? That you are a a female, a woman sports agent, uh, do you ever encounter that being used for example, by rival agents as a way of trying to say you're not qualified?
1: Absolutely. You know, one of the most popular is, you know, other agents or their runners like to use, you know, how do you have a girl representing you? You know, isn't that weird, you know? And um, when my kids come to me and they tell me that, you know, my response is usually, you know, well, hey, how how would you feel, you know, just having some guy whose measure of success is having made it to double A? That That's not right. success either. You know, like right. <laughs> it goes both ways. I'd rather, you know, work with the girl that can, you know, that has good resources available to me, you know, at the highest level of success versus just being able to call the guy who um, made it to double A or even A ball, you know, Right. Sorry,
0: yeah. And and on on that point, you know, you mentioned already, you know, Dave Stewart, Ricky Henderson. I know in prior conversations that we've had, you you, you told me a story about your ability to call on Kenny Lofton to help a player been great. Mm-hmm. who uh, maybe was struggling with his swing uh, and, and Kenny was able to come in and Give him some advice and help him turn that around.
1: Yeah, with, um, you know, I always look at, you know, the guy that I'm working with and seeing, you know, really identifying what the struggle is. And so in Kenny's situation where I've got this guy who got amazing speed that is not coming around and really taking that guy and pairing him up or matching him up with someone who has achieved success at the highest level that is similar to them. You know, obviously, like, if I wouldn't connect Dave or Ricky with someone that I didn't think they would be able to relate to, and vice versa. Um, You know, when it comes to the mental stuff, one of my favorites is Rupert Jones, you know, and just the way that he talks to young people and gets them inspired, you know, one of his one of my favorite quotes of his is, "Hey, you're looking hitterish today." <laughs> you know, and it's just <laughs> the way that Rupert says it. You know, it's just it's inspiring and it's awesome. And sometimes that's all that these guys need. You know, Orlando Hudson worked with you know one of the catchers the other day on hitting, and just there's a lot of good guys out there that have achieved success that really do just want to put. They're a thumbprint on making an impact in the lives of other guys. There's a lot of them out there. They don't work for me, but they are just ready, willing, and able to provide that service.
0: And that's a valuable resource to have—the ability to, to to tap into major league players, former major league players, to assist. I know in in speaking with Tony Clark, the executive director of the Major League Baseball Players Association, he often says that players, former players and current players are the best teachers to help aspiring players become major league players. Mm -hmm. So to be able to, you know, call on former major league players for your clients is a tremendous resource to have without question.
1: And I don't think that's immune to me. I don't think that's anything that I have that other people couldn't provide. I think that um, it's all in the approach. You know, I'm not asking them. I'm truly not asking for me, and I think that's what they recognize and why they're willing to do it. I'm not saying, hey, can you wear an S&P shirt and come out here and work with my guys? I'm saying, hey, can I give this guy your number, or can you call him and make some time? This guy needs you. And that that's what I think the difference is.
0: Right. The relationship. I mean, this is a relationship business, uh, in the end, right? And so being able to have those kind of relationships again, it's just having it just has tremendous value for your clients. Now now what about the what you would consider the the toughest thing about being an agent? Is it just a sheer competition for players? Is it negotiating contracts? Is it recruiting? Is it traveling? What 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 aspect of the business do you find to be, or maybe more than one, uh, among the most challenging of being a baseball agent. And I'm talking about those things that get you saying, why did I decide to do this? You know, those types of things.
1: The first thing that comes to mind is really being called an agent. (laughs) That's one of the most difficult. (laughs) It's, It's tough. You know, there's this negative connotation, you know, behind it. And People just have this perception of what that means, and it's generally not good, you know, and then, you know, they're staring at me trying to connect the dots because while they're registering agent that, okay, that's not what she looks like, (laughs) you know, this isn't the image (laughs) I had when I think of agent, you know, and gosh, she seems nice and you know i've heard it a lot you seem really honest <laughs> you know this con- this confusion you know and so um that's one of the first things i have truly struggled with what else could i call myself that would mean <laughs> know, that, that would encompass the same level of responsibility but just have a, a you know a, a brighter feeling i guess you know so that's one um obviously guys um You know, other agents coming after your clients, that's also one of the most difficult things. Um, Not so much the guy leaving if they're able to be poached, um, but more, you know, I question, okay, is this because I'm a female? Is this, you know, am I easier prey? I guess would be the question that I I ask each time, you know. um, Yeah, those are some of the most difficult.
2: Yeah, the you, you, you talk about players
0: leaving, and and that certainly has to be tough. And I wanna I wanna come back to that one in, in in a second. But I I really I really got a kick out of the you know being called an agent um and trying to wrestle with that one. Uh, if if I can come up with a phrase uh, that that maybe sounds a little bit more upbeat uh but yet still carries the same kind of weight i'll i'll let you know i'll i'll think about that one
1: <laughs> Darn, i thought you were going to have an answer
0: <laughs> no at the moment i don't right uh, at the moment well, i don't uh but you yeah. know you, you you talked about you know poaching uh and, and i think the polite word among agents you know they use the term recruiting you know i recruited a guy but it, you know if, if you if you recruited a player many times, that player was represented by someone already. You know, even if the player was in the minor leagues, and of course, if the player was in the major leagues, that player was being represented by someone. And we know, those of us who've been around this game for a while, uh, that there are some agents who use inducements, whether it's money, whether it's a job to a brother or a house for a mother, uh, or other family members, uh, that, that there are agents who use inducements to, uh, lure players away. First of all, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I don't agree with that. Um, when I see someone that I think, you know, I I like that just looks good out there and you want an opportunity to maybe represent them. I ask the other people around first, Hey, does that guy have someone? And that question usually means, one, does he have someone? But two, has he said anything about not being happy where he's at? And then the next part of the question is, who represents him? Um, Because, you know, for me, there is a certain level of respect that I just like to convey to other agents that have been respectful in return. You know, there are some agencies out there that are just known for going after my guys. and. I uh, don't have the same level of respect for them (laughs) I would maybe someone else who has called me and said, hey, you know, sorry, I I approached your guy, didn't know he was yours. You know, um, I had a kid a couple weeks ago that's at AA now, this suffered a long-term injury, finally got back out on the mound. Um, Agent approached him and gives him ten tickets to the Celtics game and tells him just bring at least five of the other Latin players with you. So fortunately, he's a loyal kid. So I told him to enjoy the game and just don't take any of S&P's other clients.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Have a good time.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And if a guy, you know, is able to be poached, I I welcome it. Um, I don't want uh, disloyal kids around me. So better for you to go sooner than later. Um, It's not so much a financial issue as it is, um, I take it personal. You know, it's a time investment. It's a time and emotional investment.
0: Now, you said if a player gets poached, you said, well, almost like good riddance. I don't want them around me. I I want loyal people around, around me. But at some point, that player was your player. And you had invested in him. And, you know, things were going well at some point. Um, there still has to be some measure of disappointment no if if one absolutely. of your players ultimately leaves
1: absolutely, you know it's that initial blow that it hurts it it, it does.
2: <laughs> sure, <I can laughs> um, imagine. where
1: yeah, and for example, like the kid I just mentioned, where you know he had an injury, it took about a year and a half to come back from. So when you have a guy that gets hurt, at least for for me, that's when you're there the most. That's when you're calling him every day and talking to him every day, letting him know that it's going to be fine. You you will come back from this. And then getting him to the point where he's back out on the mound, and now he's at AA. So this particular kid had a choice. Here's somebody saying, you're amazing. You're a superstar. I have 10 tickets for you. I'm not offering 10 tickets, and you're my client, right? And so he made the choice to call me and say, hey, this is what what just happened, you know, versus another kid might have gone to the game and not told me, continued entertaining that other agent to see what else they could get, and ultimately been wooed and wowed and then left. Now what I can tell you from experience now is three out of five times that kid's coming back. Because once they're on the other side and realizing that the grass isn't greener and, wow, this guy isn't paying me attention anymore, or I've gone backward because, my, you know, I recognize it as his focus then changes from being hungry and moving forward to now being a superstar. This guy's made me feel like a superstar. I've made it. I've got 10 tickets. When that means nothing, you still got to feed your family, right? So... um, you know, in those situations, I used to take them back and I just don't anymore. So it takes me about, it takes me a little bit to get over, um, but I do. And I usually end up, you know, uh, how do I not sound too mean uh, <laughs> by saying, you know, I usually watch their decline? That's what usually happens. I have rarely seen a guy continue to go forward.
0: And what you describe, I, I would characterize as, you know, really learning some hard lessons as you go along. I mean, absolutely. some of these things are the benefit of your experience, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's life, you know. Um, you're not just out there playing a game. And when you try to oversimplify it um, by, you know, steep ball, hit ball, okay, that that's all fine and good. But when you have a player who's struggling, there's more to it than that. That's one game, maybe two games, maybe three games, okay? And it it may be a brief slump. But when you're consistently watching a player decline, there's something else going on. So you can either, you know, get your hands dirty and figure out, you know, what's at the core of this, what's going on at home, what's going on, um, you know, in the locker room you know, even what are they eating, you know, what's changed, what's going on, um, you you can help that kid, you can help that person come along and get out of it. Um, just in the last week, you know, it it's been really awesome with, you know, three kids in particular who, you know, were struggling a little bit and I hadn't really, you know... Probably like a week and a half or so had gone by. So then you start talking to them every day and then you see, wow, we're we're climbing up the ladder now. Sometimes it's just about the attention, especially when you're talking about kids who are thousands of miles away from home and, you know, haven't seen home, haven't gone back to either the Dominican or Cuba or Venezuela in a couple of years. Right. They have. So showing them the consistency, you know, being nurturing and just being there, not just for when they're having success.
0: Right. All of that is important um, uh, in in, in building those type of strong relationships. Now, now Lonnie, um, you know, I mentioned at the top of you being a woman of color in a male-dominated industry. I mean, baseball is male-dominated. It's white male-dominated if we want to be more precise. Now, you know, I have, you know, as as a, as a man of color who is a lawyer, and you were talking before about professions that have a negative connotation. I kind of know what you mean because sometimes people view lawyers uh, not that favorably either. But I, I've had I've had my share, you know, of some great opportunities uh, career-wise. Um, but many times, what that has uh, led to is I'm the only African American in a meeting or in a room, and there have been so many times over the course of my career where I'm painfully aware of that. I would imagine the same must be for you. Uh, as a woman and a woman of color in a white male-dominated industry where you're painfully aware of that based on interactions, based on comments, based on looks or suggestions, body language, or so on. How how often do you have to deal with that, and how do you successfully deal with that?
1: I dealt with it a lot more um, during the first 10 years than I do now. I think part of it is that um, I expect it and I have grown accustomed to ignoring it, um, but ignoring it in a way that I still chuckle when I know what they're saying as I walk by or I know what the new guy who maybe isn't familiar with who I am because it's their first time seeing me when I know that he's whispered to someone else, (laughs) you know, sitting next to him. Um, or, you know, the guy that comes up and just assumes, you know, tells me, um, hey, good luck to your son out there, (laughs) You you know, all of those things, um, are fine. But because I've had such a good support group, um, you know, a good network, it, it keeps me strong. Um, there are certain things that I do just avoid doing. Um, you know, because you have, like you said, you have two components there. You have, you know, one being a woman. So as a woman, no, I'm not wearing skirts to the ballpark or V-necks or, you know, too many girly things, you know, um, that, uh, to put it bluntly, you've got to be very asexual, you know, Uh. keep the conversation, you know, in your eyes and not in other places, Right. Um, if you notice, you can kind of tell by someone's body language, even when you're approaching them, what you might get back. And so, it's, you know, abort mission, abort mission. <laughs> you know, go the <laughs> go the other direction. <laughs> um, and then, as a, you know, a person of color, you know, even independent of that, where there have definitely been some experiences where um i I have recognized that they're the one feeling disrespected that I'm even there, or that I have such a strong opinion um in a conversation that I should pretty much just be sitting there and keeping quiet versus um chiming in, especially as it relates to my players It, yeah. it just is what it is you know um there there's really not much that you can do other than um, keep pushing forward. Sure. That sounds very simple. And <laughs> But, yeah. you know, yeah. there, it's not – I don't have the time. If you're doing right by your client um, and spending your time focused on what it is that you're trying to do versus getting hung up on other people's stuff, and that is truly other people's stuff, if I know uh, – that I'm doing the right thing by my player, that person ultimately is going to respect me. And that's all I care about. You can still call me, you know, all the names in the book. You can, you know, be upset at my skin color or think that I don't have a place here. Um, But at the end of the day, you'll respect me eventually. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I, I tell you though, Lonnie, and, and I've known you for you know a good minute now, you know, and um, and, and I really admire what you just said, you know, and what you just described because, you know, when you mentioned, hey, even as I'm coming up, I can perhaps see some inappropriate body language, right? Abort mission, as you said, mm-hmm. and then on the other hand, you said, you know, if you have a strong opinion. Almost people getting offended by you having that strong opinion. And those may very well be, not it may very well, are two things that most men aren't dealing with in, as agents in the industry, right? They're not walking into a situation and go aboard mission, right? Absolutely. Because, right? I've number seen one.
1: Some, I've seen some guys say some of the, I'm sorry, bluntly stupid. Things and I'm just like, did he really just say that? And then everyone's sitting there nodding their heads, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, <laughs> I get it. And it was just like, wow, okay, so it's definitely a good old boys club in a lot of ways. Sure, um but like, like I said, I've got some really awesome, awesome people around. So, um and there are some great people involved in the game,
0: right? And I want to talk about that in a second. Um but just to 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 finish this point you know when i was teaching in law school as an adjunct professor had many young ladies who were very bright very determined and had a real interest in being an agent or at least they thought they did of being an agent cuz many times you know students male or female you really don't know until you actually start to experience it but they they wanted to be an agent and they would come, you know, to me maybe after class and say, you know, what do I have to do? Because they would look at the landscape. And and Lonnie, I'll tell you the truth. I really didn't know what to tell them other than platitudes. And, I, and I'm and i not a platitude kind of guy. I want to give you substance. And But I don't walk in those shoes. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I see the landscape, but I really don't know day to day in all the different situations some of the things that you live with all the time and that's why I, I really wanted to have you on the show to talk about that because there are young girls young ladies uh women who are in the industry now who want to advance and they and this industry in a lot of ways is not set up for that and that's a real challenge. And so that's why I said, you know, the things that you mentioned earlier, I really admire you for saying those things in terms of, I'm just going to push ahead anyway, because hearing that from you hopefully would resonate far more than if they heard it from me or from some other guy.
1: You know, I think the first part is even for yourself, removing woman or person of color from the equation. You have to, mm-hmm. if you don't want other people to, you know, um, box you in by that, then you can't box yourself in by that either. Which, so now you've removed th- those excuses for not getting something done. Because no- nothing stops you except you, right? So the next part is trusting your gut, your intuition, okay? I truly believe that God gave us our intuition for a reason. And we can either give it life or we can put it off to the wayside, and ultimately lose it. But as you know, in baseball, instincts are everything, right? So with that, I just don't allow anyone to shut you down or to shut me down. It's not going to happen. You figure out another way. There's too many resources and a lot of good people willing to lend a helping hand. We can't make excuses for anything, um, especially not for what we can't get done. And if you find yourself doing that, you're definitely in the wrong line of work.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I, and I appreciate that. You know, no excuses, because uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, you you have to get after it. You have to get after Absolutely. it. You I mentioned your players too. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's a competitive industry from top to bottom, and, yeah. and no, no matter where you look.
1: Absolutely. So if your player comes to you and says, "Well, you know, I would have made it to AAA, but my coach or my manager," Didn't like the way, you know, I was doing things. Well, then you got to tell them, you know, how to get around that. The same applies.
0: Right. Now you mentioned having a support network, um, that you know that has been valuable to you. Tell us a little bit more about about that.
1: You know, um, early, like I said earlier on, between Dave Henderson, Rupert Jones, Dave Stewart. Um, Ricky Henderson, just that opened the door to meeting a lot of other great people, even just going to the winter meetings and meeting people on my own, um, like Jim Hendry and, you know, other cross-checkers and GMs that have just been an incredible resource and, you know, willing to open the vaults of, <laughs> of their baseball history um, to, you know, providing themselves and their resources to me has been um, uh, immeasurable. You know, when Kevin Towers was here, you know, he he spent a lot of time talking to me about his role in baseball and the different people and, you know, things that he did and didn't like about agents. And, you know, I've done that with a lot of people, been able to kind of tap into that.
0: And and it's so valuable to have people who – will be there in in your corner and will just, you know, look to assist you because they see, you know, the good qualities in you. They see the competence and the ability that you have.
1: You know, Lonnie, I I, I, I can't not uh, have to mention the scouts and the mm -hmm. cross-checkers for anyone in this business. They are, Hmm. they're incredible. They are incredible. And I think the biggest thing for agents, whether you're male or female, is don't argue with their opinions. (laughs) You know, (laughs) take it in. You know, it's their opinion and they're entitled to it. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it's a perspective that might be valuable to your player.
2: Right. Okay.
0: Alana, you said something a a few minutes ago uh, that... I heard you at the time and I said, well, I want to follow up on it, but I had to think about it a little bit more. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: having,
0: having thought about it a little bit more, because you said, you know, we have to take out, you know, you said like in your case, you have to take out woman and you have to take out personal color. And, and my first thought was, you know, um, I don't know how many times I walk around saying I have to take out my manhood from something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It, right? I mean, it's just yes. different, right? Men don't go around doing that. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, that kind of highlights the difference. You know what I mean? It, it Absolutely. Really...
1: I doubt very seriously that too many men are walking around, you know, Trying to um, brush the curls out of their hair or, right. you know, or geez, you know, I think my jeans should be a little bit baggier, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. and like I mentioned, ah, this V is 2V, you know, right. on my shirt <laughs> so, right. or can't wear that pink top. I really like, you know,
0: right. There are different considerations. Yeah, right.
1: Absolutely. But, but that's term- your choice.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right, and 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 in some ways, right, it may not be right, yep. but it may well be the current reality. And until things change, you know, you, that that might be the way you have to deal with it. But again, it underscores the challenge um, that that you know you and others, other women, face, and 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 again uh, hearing that coming from you i think is 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 important because again there are a lot of talented uh uh young ladies out there and and not so young ladies out there who right. are who who deserve an opportunity but on that on that point of taking out certain characteristics i was doing research on you right and i saw an article that was I think it was a series of articles on women in the game of baseball. And the article opened by saying that you were a mother, an agent, and CEO of SMP. And then it started to talk about how you balance motherhood with your professional work. And I found that curious and I also found it a bit insulting because I said never in a million years with an article on a man, begin by talking about the fact that he's a father, and then begin by saying how he balances fatherhood and his profession. Uh, is, is that an overly sensitive view, or is that something that you see as well as maybe a little subtle challenge, again, to a certain course of thinking in our society?
1: definitely the way that our society thinks of things and you know i i I go back and forth on that because on one hand i i do think that um it's insulting because it's almost like if well if you can't balance both if we're not talking about the woman balancing it then she should just stay at home and be a mother that should come first versus the father stepping forward and maybe leaving his career. And being a father first,
0: Does right? That makes sense. No, I, so, I get it. I mean, because if the father is not home, it's going to be well. It was because he was away so much taking care of his family. Exactly. Where if the woman, if the woman's not home, she's a derelict mother.
1: Yes, absolutely. Where you know earlier on when I started this, and you know I was you know meeting you know some pretty serious challenges. It was actually my son. That encouraged me, like mom, you know, it, being blunt. He, he was 18 at the time, you know. Screw them. You're awesome. You make me so mm-hmm. proud.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You know, I want, I want to do what you're doing. You know, so don't give up. It was just like, hell yeah, let's go, baby. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> right, let's right. go. <laughs> and so, um no, I completely understand and, and agree with you. Um, at the same time you know there's also something very empowering about it because um i i strongly believe i am a good mother i am a very good mother um and it is a balance um and sometimes i very much fall short on the motherhood side um, you know and admittedly very rarely is do i fall short on the professional side because of mothering mm. But, you know, that's that's mine to deal with.
0: Right. OK.
1: Yeah. You know, we're not, not perfect, right? No,
0: not at all. Not so, at all.
1: Um, it, you know, the experiences just are what they are. And, you know, they're my family's experiences as well. And um, we are extremely strong because of all of them. Good and bad.
0: Right. Now, Lonnie, do you consider yourself be a a role model um to you know young girls and 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 women in the industry or just generally i mean because again you're running a sports agency as a ceo in a very challenging environment uh, do you consider yourself that have you have others approached you and said to you that they view you that way Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
1: I do not consider myself that. Um, I have been approached and been told that I have been that for people. um, But I just don't because I'm just doing what I do. And if there's an opportunity to help someone to do exactly what I'm doing and hopefully be better than me, um, I'm all for it. But I don't consider that as being a role model, I think that we all have a responsibility um, to be that for other people. It, that's just moral,
2: uh-huh. the right
1: thing. Um, we all have a purpose, and um, I like giving it back. Period.
0: Right. Well, I will. I'm going to make a prediction. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You you I'm keep making to, me nervous. I'm stumbling a little bit here. <laughs> like I'm, I'm oh no! What's prediction? he going to say now? I keep waiting. Well,
0: for. <laughs> no, because I, I remember a few months ago, you had posted something on Facebook. You had gotten an invitation, I think, to speak at a school. I think a- I don't know a- was a- that. A- okay. A- I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you were nervous. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't like
1: talking in front of people.
0: (laughs) I I just like
1: putting my head down and doing my job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I understand. I I truly do. But it turned out well, didn't it?
1: It did. It was fantastic. The students were fantastic. And it's awesome to be able to just share what you know with other people if it's going to help make them better.
0: No doubt. No doubt. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, and here's the prediction. <laughs> I believe you're going to be, be presented with more opportunities for that for a number of reasons. One, because you've already stepped out and done it and you did a good job. <laughs> you enjoyed it. It was well received. But word's going to get around, but also too, Lonnie, and in all seriousness, it's so desperately needed. We, we 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 you know there's a generation of, of of young people coming up who are eager who are bright who are intelligent but they need inspiration and they need encouragement from those who are willing to give it and you just said yourself you love giving back and so i i think the combination of all of those things is going to lead to you being out there a bit more uh in the future
1: okay you're making me sweat now i'm getting <laughs> nervous already <laughs> I just want people to be better. It it sucks that this is such um, a money-grab type industry because there is so much value outside of money in Uh this business. And, you know, if you truly believe in what you're doing and for the right reasons, all that other stuff comes. It can be so rewarding and fulfilling. And if I can influence other people to just truly just, be that versus, you know, in quotes agent. <laughs> you know, just be right. real. You know, um that I would welcome that.
0: Sure. You know, Lonnie, I have a saying. I said I you know, my saying is I'd rather make a difference than a dollar, but I'm yeah. not opposed to making both. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> a challenge amongst a couple clients. So it started with one who got drafted in the second round last year. Um I had introduced him to a couple other guys and, you know, we're riding in the car and he wants to sit up front, you know, and it's like, dude, you know, this guy's a veteran. You can't you know and he like No, I'm selfish I want to be your only client. It's like, well, baby, you're going to have to make a lot more money to be that. (laughs) And so when he meets other clients, and so now, you know, the more of them that know each other, they're wanting to be in my top five because if they make it to the top five, they swear that, you know, in a few years, I will only have those five clients. (laughs) You know, know, it's fun it's fun.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, well, Lonnie. Like I said, I, I've known you for a while. I don't even know when the first time we've met, but it, it, it's 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 been over ten years, probably closer to fifteen. And you know, I, I, I'm just really glad to see the success you've been able to have, how you've grown up in the industry, and continue to do great things. and And I really do believe that you know, greater things are ahead for you. So. I just want to encourage you to keep, as you said, working hard, make a difference, no excuses. So keep doing what you're doing because it is making a difference. uh, And it's making a difference far more than you may realize for people that you may not have even met yet who are watching and are being encouraged by your example.
1: And I, I promise to start working on my interview skills. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you're fine,
1: <laughs>
0: you are fine, you are fine, no, this so
1: great. I appreciate the opportunity It's been great talking to you,
0: yeah, it's been great talking to you as well, and again, thank you for taking the time i know you you you've been traveling a lot, so I appreciate you taking the time to join us today and at some point um you know we'll I'll be glad to have you back
1: absolutely, absolutely,
0: all right, thank you very much, Lonnie. Sure. Lonnie Murray is an example and an inspiration to many. In an environment that is not designed for her to succeed, Lonnie forges ahead, making no excuses, and is more than holding her own in the ultra-competitive world of player representation. And don't let her pleasantness and easy laugh fool you. Lonnie is tough. She has to be. The industry demands nothing less, and she is proving every day that she is up to the challenge. We're about to check out for this week, but thanks for listening. I hope you are enjoying the podcast. If you are, subscribe and tell your family and friends to tune in as well. For now, I have to go. I see Scully coming. So I'll catch you next week on our next edition of Sports
2: 360.